of Faith with Nael Pondwana, 7 to 8 p.m. Good evening, welcome. You're listening to Facts of Faith with me, Nayelu Pondwana. It is four, five, five minutes after seven on this 26th day of May. We're almost done with May by the end of this week. On Friday, it will be the last of May and we'll be done. So effectively, our conversation is the last in the month of May and we'll be seeing each other in June, quite frankly, in the smack bang middle of the year, quite literally. Wow. How time. Nah. I'm not going to waste time with that. Tonight's question is very simple. The question that was raised during a conversation we had, Bishop Maponga, and um, he raised the issue of naming churches. And many of you followed that theory, and perhaps we thought it would be good for us to engage as to what exactly is the best course of action as far as naming churches. What is entailed in the naming of a place of worship? If you look at many communities, uh, you see that the, no, no, not communities, communities of faith, they seem to have names for their places of worship. I'd like to know what goes into that. How do you arrive at a conclusion that you're going to call yourselves Blessed Faith or Anointing or Waverly for that matter? I am using Waverly because we have uh, some places of worship in the Jewish community which are got Waverly in them, just so you know. So that's our question for tonight. When you listen to people referring to their places of worship and their communities of worship as saying, I belong to this and this place of worship. I'm trying to be as general as possible so that we don't restrict it to Jews or Christians or Muslims for that matter. Uh, why, 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 why do they use uh, that train of thought? Is there anything in their documents that leads them to believe that this is their right to name these places as they have done? How did they go about doing it? Don't you ever wonder? So many, especially these Christian communities that have this so-and-so miracle church. So-and-so, blessings, anointing, all. How do they do that? Is this a marketing gimmick? Is it a way of luring people in? What, What is it that goes into naming a place of worship? Just so we know. Because for now, it's an elusive concept which we believe perhaps it would be wonderful and wise of us before we draw our own conclusions they be based on some fact that's our question for tonight what is entailed in the naming of places of worship my name is Nayelo Pondwana this is Facts of Faith the views and ideas expressed in this program are views expressly of the people sharing them and not of the anchor or that of this broadcaster. All persons, juristic or natural, are to be held responsible for their own representations offered on this program by their agents and not this corporation. Any and all consumption of our conversational substance is entirely at your own discretion. Please be advised that this program airs subject matter that has the potential to destabilize and challenge your intellectual 
intellectual equilibrium. If you are excitable, profound caution when consuming our subject matter is advised. Participation in this program is a voluntary enterprise and as such is expected to be considered and deliberated on. Kindly note that, just as the anchor is, all participants, guests and callers are encouraged to engage in this our freedom of expression and any of our civil liberties responsibly. Welcome back. All right, let me, let me introduce you to our guests in no particular order. We do have on the line Rabbi David Nozzle, a rabbi who is also a medical, qualified medical doctor. Rabbi, good evening to you, and thank you much once again for joining us. Good evening, Naya. Wonderful to be with you again. Also, we do have in the studio, by the way, Rabbi, um, where are you? Are, are you in London? Are you in Japan? Why is it we never get to see you in the studio? <laughs> Uh, good question, Ryan. Uh, I'm uh, in Waverley. Okay, where is Waverley? Waverley is just off the Corlett Drive, turn off in Johannesburg, off the M1. Oh my goodness, you're right here, down the road? Okay, all right, <laughs> Let, let's hope that the next time we invite you, you will come to the studio, Rabbi. I'll be honoured. All right, thank you very much, Rabbi. We do also having in the studio uh, Bishop Joshua Mapongo, a cultural elective to writer, fighter of spiritual colonialism. Good evening to you, Bishop, and thank you for coming to the studio. Good evening, good evening, and thank you. And actually, when I was coming here, they said, we're calling you, but I'm downstairs. <laughs> <laughs> when I asked her, she said, no, the bishop is coming through the phone. I was like, but, but the script says just he's coming to the studio. She said, no, no, she's, she's going to be on the phone. And she just dismissed it like that. I'm like, oh, but I think, but I think okay. the rabbi is down the road. Let's move the studio there. In, where? <laughs> All right, let's let's get down to it because um, the, the the biggest worry is that we have a lot of people who have been complaining about being lured into these places of worship because of the naming, and these names seem to have uh, some uh, intellectual allure to it, some advertisement to an effect. And I don't know if there is any truth to that. So I want us to go through the process. I'm going to begin with the Jewish community because this is the father of all these faiths. We have at least the Abrahamic faiths. Uh, the Muslims and the Christians came after the fact. Let's begin with you how how as far as your scriptures are concerned rabbi uh, are you guided as to how you're going to name uh, your places of worship yeah so um to start off with it's interesting that the the place of worship the places of worship that we have the so-called synagogues which is actually a greek word meaning a place of coming together sin means coming together. A gog must be a place. A communal place is actually um, developed after Scripture. Um, so we don't have any scriptural references to the numerous synagogues that have developed within uh, history. What we do have, of course, is the main, uh, the principal place, which is the temple. And the first time that that place is mentioned is straight after the uh, binding of Isaac by Abraham, the, who you mentioned, the common father of all of um, the faiths. And there, it's just interesting, it says in chapter 22, verse 14, 
Abraham. Of, of which Ab- book? Of which book, Rabbi? Sorry, Genesis. Genesis Pardon? chapter 22. Chapter 22, 14. Right. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead, Rabbi. Abraham, I'll go straight to the English. Abraham named the place God will see. In Hebrew, Adonai Yir'eh. 22 verse? Verse 14. 14. All right. I'm looking at it. And Abraham named that place the Lord will provide. So today it is said it will be provided on the Lord's mountain. That's that's my version. That's fascinating. Where they got provided. The, the root here is yire, which comes from the word ra'a, okay. which is to see. Okay. Have you got another translation there, perhaps? Uh, well, I, I can... Google it, but um, the actual mm. book that I have I'm containing here, uh, that, that's the translation it says. Okay. 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 So so there already we have the first naming of uh, a place of encounter with God. And Abraham calls the name of the place God will see. And then uh, I, I guess the, 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 the message here that uh, seems to be obvious is that it's not so much a place where we will see God, but it's a place that God will see us. Yeah. I think it comes out strongly. And he called that place God will see. And, and there, there is no instruction from God to say, this is how you shall name it. No, not at all. It all seems to be from Abraham or from Abraham. Yeah. And what was the context of him choosing to name that particular place a particular name? Um, Well, there was a place of total devotion, dedication. If it wasn't self-sacrifice, it was sacrifice of son, of one's child. And um, he wanted that to be remembered. He wanted the mankind to remember for all time that this is a place where God will see what man can do, yeah. what man is capable of achieving. Yeah. So basically, this is the place where um, Abraham uh, planned to kill his son, to butcher his son, because God allegedly had told him to do so. And, well, he never did it because he said then God had told him not to because there was a ram caught in the bushes and so forth. So this is the place that you're saying now, it is now called, the, and the Lord will see. Yes. All right. Do you have an, a one-word name for it? Uh, like Bethel, for example? Like, sorry? Like Bethel. Um, there is the place, yes, it's where, ya- where Jacob sees the ladder, and he called that place the house of God. Um, that was where he saw, as I mentioned, the ladder. Correct. Uh, the, so as far as this, the Abrahamic one, uh, the, the example that you, you're citing in 20, chapter 22, is there a one-word answer for it, a one-word name for it, or is it the whole sentence is the name? No, the, so it's the two words, God will see. What is interesting is that according to our oral tradition, uh, when you combine the other name for the place, which is Shalem, which is in chapter 14, verse 18, where we find that Malkitzedek was the high priest of Shalem. I think you might have Salem. Have you got that verse? 1418? Chapter 14. Genesis 1418. Genesis chapter 14, verse 18. Yes. Okay. You first introduced to. Okay, I can read it for you. 
Um, my version says, Then Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was a priest to God the Most High. Right. It ends there. So according to our tradition, Melchizedek, that's the pronunciation in Hebrew, okay. was the king of Shalem. And when you, Shalem, when you combine Abraham's name yeah. together with Melchizedek's name of the place, so you get Yerushalayim, okay, which is Jerusalem. Ah. So there's a very beautiful explanation to that, and that is that Abraham was forging a God connection. Melchizedek was forging a human connection between people, and when the God connection and the human connection Combined, so one gets one combined name called Yireh. He, God will see, there's a relationship with God, and Shalem, that's a relationship with our fellow person. All right, before I, before I, before I, I go to the bishop, just clarify this one point for me. Uh, do we have any other incidents of people going back to the place where uh, Mo, Abraham uh, nearly killed his son there and, and worshipped God on that altar? Do we have any evidence in Scripture that alleges that therefore, even Abraham for that matter, he and his family, did they go to worship there as a place of worship? Um, we have that, as you, as you mentioned before, Jacob, when Jacob is leaving to, at, at his father's command to find a wife um, in Aram Naharaim by Lavan, by Laban, so he goes via that place. And that place was uh, Jerusalem. That place, and that is uh, the, the Bet El, the house of God. It's, the, it's, it's actually the same place. I, I'm okay with that example, and we could even go back to that at some other time, uh, uh, Rabbi, but what I'm trying to clarify here is mm-hmm. often in the Old Testament, which are your, uh, your scriptures, you don't find people congregating at a particular place, except for the temple that is after Mo- Solomon built it. My tri- what I'm trying to establish now is uh, these places that people have covenants with God, like uh, Abraham, like Jacob, uh, they don't go back there and worship God. They worship God wherever they are. They worship God in their homes. They speak to God. God visits them in their homes, wherever they are, whether they're at the well or wherever. That place, whatever they may have called it, they don't go there every Shabbat, for example, to meet with God. So what I'm trying to establish is, is there evidence to the contrary? Is there evidence that shows that this place that Abraham set up as a place of worship that altar there it went it became their family place of worship or their community place of worship yes there is there is such as um um the the again the rabbis pointed out i'm looking for the verse of it please give me a few more minutes to don't worry about it we're going to take a come back when we come back we're going to bring bring in the bishop and he can okay. give us his perspective because he also believes in the uh, new testament which has a totally different way of naming uh, very interesting very very interesting and then the communities that he lives with today have a totally different way of naming as, as, as well so we're to find out we're to come back from the break still listening to facts of faith Miles apart miles together a brand new show that reunites you with your loved one 
SABC3 is looking for you to be part of this amazing new reality show. You can enter in two ways. Send us a video explaining who you would like to surprise by bringing a loved one from overseas or you can send us a video about a family or close friends event you would like to go to in South Africa to surprise a loved one. Who knows? Miles apart, miles together could arrange these surprises for you. To enter, send your video via WhatsApp to 060-642-9257. That is 060-642-9257. Miles apart, miles together. Reuniting loved ones. Brought to you by SABC3. The clock is ticking for the 94th edition of the Comrades Marathon. The greatest test of endurance for thousands of runners. 2019 brings you an uprun from the Durban City Hall and the finish line is 12 hours later at the Scottsville Racecourse in Peter Maritzburg. Covering a distance of approximately 87 kilometers. Individual journeys are different, but the collective destination is the same. 2017 and 2018 back-to-back champion Bongumu Samtembu is on a mission for a record three titles in a row. He smiles, he waves, and he's done this twice before. Back-to-back victories for Bongumu Samtembu, his second. Don't miss out on the ultimate human race, the Comrades Marathon, on Sunday the 9th of June at 5 a.m. on SABC2. And report on your favorite SABC radio station. Season Noba. Together we triumph. Proudly brought to you by SABC Sport for the love of the game. SABC3 brings you Harry every weekday afternoon from 13 May at 5.30 p.m. Award winner Harry Connick Jr. is the host of this spontaneous entertainment show filled with music and laughter and features engaging celebrity interviews, live musical performances, audience participation and countless surprises. Bursting with wit and charm, Harry is wildly entertaining and always unpredictable. Diarize your appointment with Harry every weekday at 5.30pm only on SABC3. Hashtag SAFM Facts of Faith Welcome back and thank you very much for sticking around. You're listening to Facts of Faith. We're trying to get to the process by which people name their places of worship. We're trying to trace it from scriptures and we've heard what the Rabbi was saying as far as the Jewish community is concerned, very interesting indeed. He's still finding text for us, evidence um, from the text, from their uh, scriptures, to support the suggestion that uh, the purpose of setting up that altar um, after the fact and naming it as he did, Abraham, that's what I'm referring to, was for their family or community to go and congregate there from time to time. He's finding the text for us. Bishop, thank you very much for agreeing to talk to us. You've been listening to the Rabbi. Mm -hmm. Interesting way of naming things as far as their community is concerned uh, we, we were looking for a trace of re- repetitive uh, congregation or assembly at the place as would be the case with a synagogue or an assembly so from your community um, um, how do you go about scripturally that is how do you go about naming your places of worship um, maybe based on the New Testament um, it's narrative that we have uh, we already walk into the New Testament with uh, names that have been designated to the geographical locations that are there the church at Antioch, for example, the Ethiopian eunuch is mentioned. Then you have the church in Jerusalem. You have so basically the geography has been used as the basic uh, naming of. The would, would that be, would those be names or just references? The church in Jerusalem. It's not necessarily a name for the church. It's just we're just told where it's geographically located. Yes, are, are you saying that is a name? That's most likely becomes the name. And what okay. what brought about?
about this conversation, if you remember very well, mm. is the saga that I have had in Swaziland, where we worked with the, with, with the, um, uh, next to the King's Palace yeah. there. Yes. There is a, a place they call Lelutzitzini. Yes. You know, and we, yes. those of you who know Swazi <laughs> and etc., it becomes um, the anatomy of the human body on the, on the, you know, other side. Yeah. And now you come around, you open, you do a crusade or something and you open up a church. Yeah. And then you name it also using a geographical location yeah. which becomes derogative both in terms of language and to associate that with a place of worship yeah. it, it, the picture becomes a bit more mucky but wouldn't wouldn't that be dependent on your mindset at the time because many christians don't have a problem um, associating their salvation to golgotha and golgotha is a place of skulls skeletons surely that has nothing to do with their faith but still, that, that, that drives me to the second point that drives me the second point where do you want when you name a place you are evoking a name you saint peter's cathedral we, we, we even put idols of St. Peter there because we want the spirit of St. Peter to be within that function. St. Mary, we want to have the Celine, the beauty of Mary being the part of the worship service. But are you really Bishop, uh, invoking the spirit of the person? Because when you're saying it's Jacob's well, for that matter, uh, uh, that's not invoking Jacob for that. You're just referring to the, the patriarch the, the, associated the, the, to the, that. The place of worship intended for the upliftment of the spirit itself and the lifting of the human soul i understand what i'm trying to establish bishop is when you're saying that they're invoking the name of mary or saint peter mm. would that actually be the fact because uh, we have in scripture where they're invoking jacob as far as the well is concerned mm. and there is absolutely nothing in the bible that says they were invoking the spirit of jacob when they're referencing jacob's well faith makes everything possible so you don't just name a place for cosmetic purposes. I think by naming of a place, I mean, look at colonialism, for example. You, the, what you do when you get to a place, you, you change their names, deliberately so. Tell me it means nothing. You change their geography, you change their rivers, you change their mountains. You name them after your own history, after your own geography, so that you can be able to relieve Waverley in, in Brixton, in, in South Africa, yeah. which is Brixton, in, in in London, so the naming of a place for me ju goes beyond just noun dropping on a place for geography. But you but want wouldn't, you wouldn't want that harvest. be a political statement as more than being a spiritual and uh, and, and a religious statement? We would be, we would have failed if we limit it only to political. Let's allow let's allow it to become extended social dynamics, spiritual dynamics, political dynamics, colonial issues. And I, I, pr I personally have no problem with the various dynamics, the the political dynamics, the social dynamics, the cultural mm -hmm. dynamics. I have no problem with it. Mm -hmm. what, what I'm what, what we're trying to establish now is the religious and the spiritual context mm. if there is any place for any contention about names from scripture when and I, we're trying to establish from yeah. scripture if there is a path that we can follow by which we can yes. use to name places. when i went through some some texts in the bible from genesis uh, 32 30 35 15 28 19 every time in the life of the patriarchs an event took place yeah of whatever nature, I, I had my honourable uh, rabbi, rabbi yeah. you know, talking about um, El Shaddai on the Mount Sinai, the Jerusalem story. You have Bethel, you have Peniel, you have the whole series. Every time there's an event that happens, beautiful event, there was always this concept of build an altar, build a, a monument, and the place is named. So, so that when you look at the names, you actually have a theological development of a nation, of a people, going through various levels. Hence, when the colonizer comes, he, he does the same thing again. And when we are getting independent, we also want to do the same thing by removing those same names and doing that. When you come to spirituality, therefore, my, 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 personal, uh, my personal contribution would be, 
you want to put a name that harvests the the feeling, the emotions, the experience of that people with that deity which you are talking about. Otherwise, you end up with the name of uh, Sydney Opera House in 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 Kwakosa. Firstly, we can't even spell Sydney. Secondly, we have no experience with Sydney. And for crying out loud, when you say we're going to worship at Sydney, what what are we saying? So so that it the, the geography, the, the the science of a name, the theology of a name, the the, the association of the people with a name and the God that they are talking about. For example, you cannot have a church called Fervut, Fervut Church, and you ask blacks to go and worship in Fervut. Tell me when they are saying they are going to worship it for food, what is going through their own heads, if not colonialism, if not oppression, if it's not what. So we cannot take it for granted that names are just for cosmetic purposes. I think when I'm saying evocation, I'm not even talking about them by us calling the name, being able to resurrect the spirit of the Mary or Peter. But the emotions and the spirituality that comes with whatever name we've used, and fortunate enough for the Hebrew faith and some of the Islam faith and etc., having had a direct experience with Yahweh, with God, with Allah, peace be upon him, you are able then to encapsulate those moments and freeze them in a name so that when generations later people come back by simply calling a name, Jerusalem, to a Hebrew man like my rabbi, it all of a sudden brings Isaac on the altar. It brings Abraham on the altar. It brings the physical, it brings Melchizedek. That is that beautiful spiritual. And so even when you are going to worship there, for argument's sake, you, you, you tend to say, if he did it for X, then he can also do it for me. If the experience was, So for me, the theological depth of the usage of the name and its okay. function. All right. I want to open the line so that anyone can join in the conversation. Is there really, really, really a, a process by which you can arrive at names and these names, what exactly do they mean? Uh, is there anything in a name? You're listening to the rabbi saying, uh, well, as far as Abraham is concerned, this is how we did it. We're now trying to apply all this theory to what we see today. 0891 You can join the conversation through um, a Facebook and on Twitter at SFM Radio, at SFM Radio, or you could use uh, Facebook as well, which is also SFM Radio, and the hashtag on Twitter, by the way, is at SFM Facts of Faith. All right. Uh, Rabbi, did you find your texts? I, not yet. I have a verse which I thought it was the, the actual verse. I have it. It's, 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 it might be. I'm just qualifying that. It, let me share with you the verse that I think it is. It's in, again, Genesis chapter 18, verse 32. Okay. And this is directly after Abraham is pleading to God on behalf of... Of Sodom. The, of Sodom and Gomorrah. Correct. Yeah, yeah. And when, when there isn't enough people, there isn't ten people, which is interesting because in, in Jewish law one needs ten people to constitute a quorum. So when he couldn't get ten people, so he acquiesces. He says, okay, God, I, I desist, I understand this. Is, there's not enough merit. There's not enough community there. Hold on, hold on, hold on, Rebel, hold on, Rebel. I don't know how you could even arrive at that conclusion as a community because the context of that 10 is, is has got an evolutionary process to it. It was 50 at some point, wasn't it? Right. Uh, this is this is when, verse 26, uh, then the Lord, uh, the Lord said, if I find 50 righteous people in the city of Sodom, I will spare the whole place for their sake. 
So the number is not really 10 or 20 or what. It is God saying if you can find a sizable amount of people who are good, who are not evil, who aren't worth destroying, uh, then I will not. And the process as we read through the, the, the chapter is when uh, Abraham cannot find uh, uh, the, the number of people that God has stipulated from 50 right down to 10 and 10 was the last when God said I- I- I'm done with this negotiating now uh, have your, your your nephew Lot come out and I'm taking out I'm burning this place down and we know the fate of Sodom so quite frankly uh, we, we cannot say that is because of 10 therefore this was a place of congregation quite frankly that theology doesn't follow logically or uh, even the epistemology doesn't follow Correct. So it was background. I'm interested in verse 33. I'm just the background was a plea on Abraham from Abraham on the, on behalf of the community he was representing. Yeah. And the fact is that he stopped at ten. Why did he say if there's one righteous person, why can't we save him for the sake of one righteous person? He doesn't go there. He doesn't go less than ten. But that doesn't really matter because remember, Rabbi, what we're trying to establish is there's ev- any evidence to support that the requirement of people to go to the place of, of worship that you have so named. Remember, you had said that uh, uh, Abraham called the place uh, the Lord will see where he nearly slaughtered his son. And then I asked the question that yielded this uh, debate is a question that said, then, therefore, is there evidence in Scripture that suggests that that place where God will see is a place where he congregated with his son or his family or his community of believers. And you went out to find a text, and this is the text you came back with. And that's what I'm trying to establish. If, if, when people name these places, are these places of worship or just covenant places? Because the rabbi, the bishop here, was, was, was highlighting that these are places where there had been incidents, where God and man had a, a, a covenant, and then the human being therefore says... This is the covenant. I am naming it in this fashion. But they never come back. Jacob is one incident uh, event where he came back passing by, by the way, not to come back uh, every weekend, every Shabbat uh, for that matter. Uh, He just came back on his way too. Not because he was congregating or getting a synagogue or a temple or an assembly, Knesset, or whatever place. It was not a place of assembly there. It was just, a, by the way, uh, not necessarily a place of going to, not a destination, but a journey. So verse 30, I hear you well. Yeah. I hear you well. And here is the source, 33. And God departed, so to speak, and God went when he ceased when he had finished speaking with Abraham. Yes. And now the last three words in Hebrew for Abraham shav lim komo. And Abraham returned to his place. Yes. Our sages say that that place was Hebron, Hebron, and that was the place where he had established a connection to God. So he went, again, the, the, the verse goes out of its way to say he returned to his place. And from that we learn that a person should, the Jewish law is, a person should have a fixed place of connection to God. Okay. Okay, that's a bit of a stretch, but I, I follow. I follow what you're saying, uh, Rabbi. Now, let's let's apply. You have Waverly Shaw. Um, how did you arrive at calling it Waverly Shul? Well, had that been a covenant that you had established that would include Waverly, the geographical place where your synagogue is right now? 
I was hoping you're going to answer that, May. <laughs> yes, go ahead, sir. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yes, yes, a thousand yeses. Because if we using this thought process that I see, that I've spoken out in verse 33, the main essence of a place of worship is the place. The place. What's the main thrust of Waverley Shul, Sydenham Shul, Cape Town Shul, whatever Shul it is, what's uh, the main thrust is the place. Because a shul, and might I uh, suggest, and it will be good to hear from the bishop and, 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 and all the other uh, my colleagues, what is the main thrust of a place of God is the impact that it has on the place. And so it's a beautiful part of our tradition that we name our synagogues after the place that they're in to teach us that the main thrust of what we're doing is because there's a shul in Waverley, Waverley should be blessed. We should be serving Waverley. Okay, so this is a, 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 a desire that you have, not because there has been an incident that would inform some suburb in Johannesburg, because, by the way, Waverley is not uh, your, your uh, uh, intellectual property. You found right. Waverley there, and you so happen to reside in Waverley. It has absolutely nothing to do with your desires. It actually so happens to a place where other people live who may not necessarily be Jewish, for that matter. Correct. But now that I'm in Waverley, I'd better... Better, I better be of benefit. Now that there is a synagogue there, it better be a source of blessing. So you didn't go into having any uh, thought process into naming your shul. Uh, by the way, a shul is the same thing as a synagogue, isn't it, Rabbi? Correct. The shul <laughs> is a more uh, Eastern European, actually German word related to the word school. Yeah. So shul and a school are right, mean, means a center of learning. Yeah. Well, okay. All right. Bishop? Well, the center of learning, for me, since Christianity comes to us, not not fully developed and teething on the ground, where we are we're importing some interpretations. It might have a geographical landscape on the African continent and east of Africa, which is Palestine and Israel. But having gone through the process it did to come back to us, she comes back um, dressed up in scarlet clothes. So that by the time we begin to create these places of worship, my, my, I was maintained the, the, the position that says it would be very prudent that we want to duplicate the correct spiritual wording of what Yah could have done at an experience somewhere else. And we can name our places after the, instead of us having a geographical names, which are already colonized names, to further colonize even our worship by using those geographical names. The examples I've given earlier on, actually, I think in some cases, it totally distorts the entire purpose of worship. Hence, uh, my general appeal will be, let the people, those who want to use religious names, find meaningful religious names. Or, better still, we're waiting for a day where the African actually names some of his own places after his own heroes. Who, for example, you know, the old ministers, for example, you know, old ministers that we know. Why is it that up to date, even in your church, where you come from, we have not found a church that can be called Pekan. Yeah. Yet Pekan is witnessed to half of the Eastern Cape. Why, why would we want to name it after a human being? Because why? They are the, they are the geographical name. You know, Chris Honey. 
Krisani village. But you and, the, you and the rabbi have already agreed that as far as your scriptures are concerned, you'd been, uh, the, uh, at least in the Old Testament, mm-hmm. they'd been using covenants and events with God to name. Why would you then not want to jump and move from having a place named after a covenant or an event with God to naming it after a human being, an individual? Why? That becomes a celebration. That becomes a celebration of the work that they have done. Why would you want to celebrate people? We will celebrate people in the same wavelength, in the same breath that we already have political names, which we're already using now because our churches are found within politically colonized environments. Therefore, we we go in there and we don't even think, is it important to to alter, change, modify, and restore a certain picture? We we simply fit in to the into the cast of perpetuating colonialism. Not too long ago, um, in in this very conversation, Rabbi, you've been saying that when we're using the names of people, we're invoking their spirit. Mm-hmm. We had a bit of a conversation about that. Now you want us you you were against us uh, invoking the names of those other individuals, but now you're okay with us invoking the names of these individuals purely I'll, because I'll of- qualify. I'll qualify what I said initially. I said. If, for all practical purposes, instead of us maybe using the colonial names that yeah. you already find, yeah. it would be, I would suggest that is an option. That would rather have our own identity put... You made an example of St. Peter. Peter is, is, is one of the founders of the movement of Christianity uh, from the book of Acts right down to where we are today. Uh, surely you cannot say that Peter is a colonizer, but you were not so keen on the Catholic communities having a, a, a cathedral named after St. Peter. And yet this is one of the patriarchs of your faith. The, the advantage is that the one who is economically able in any religion has ability to name anything that he wants. Therefore, the gospel of the African is a poor gospel where we we have to adopt and work with what we find there as if almost powerless to make any changes or anything. You, have you ever gone to a community honestly and asked them what they would want to name the place? According to the biblical text you're holding, there are instances where the people, after God had done something, they named the place. There are also other instances where God then names the place and says, this place will be called X. So that interaction for me becomes very critical. Can you give us examples of those, of where God is the one who's naming the places? Okay, just a good... You can look look for it. quick googling the while we are running there. We'll take a break. 0891-104-207-0891-104-207. What goes into naming the places? When we come back from the break, I want us to deal with these places that we now know, places of worship that have very fancy and elaborate names that have some, some significance. Some significance, and we're trying to establish if there is any scriptural support for naming a church after an event of the nature that we have seen today. Uh, we'll come back and explain a bit more. You're listening to Facts of Faith. Hashtag Kava. My favorite drama is on. Huh? Kava. Yeah. Tembi just discovered that all the money has been stolen. Now, Sipo is a suspect. Gaga, did you just say hashtag Kava? Yeah, as in look, like hashtag Kava, how easy, convenient and fast it is to receive your TV license statement and pay electronically. That's great, Gaga, because you will never miss an episode of your favorite drama because you can do it all while sitting on your couch. Hashtag that. (laughs) Pay your TV license the simple way. Go to tvlic.co.za. 
SABC TV licenses. Hashtag made possible by you. Dr. Mindy Lahiri is a talented obstetrician with a chaotic personal life who struggles to find the perfect relationship, remain focused at work, stay current on reality TV and channel her inner warrior Beyonce Pad Thai. She shares her practice with three doctors, one who is in an on and off relationship with Mindy, the other who is the resident punching bag and the frat boy who knows nothing about the opposite sex. The Mindy Project starts Friday 10 May at 8.30pm only on SABC3. Facts of Faith on SAFM Okay. Alright, uh, 16 minutes now before 8, you're listening to Facts of Faith. We're trying to walk around this idea of naming places of worship and then the process by which we use. So, uh, we can agree for now that um, uh, as far as scripture is concerned, and I'm using the examples of the Jewish community, which is represented tonight by um, Rabbi David Nosso and the Christian community represented tonight by Bishop Joshua Mamponga, uh, that uh, as far as the way people have named their churches today, it may not necessarily be against or for uh, the process that has been outlined or at least demonstrated in Scripture. Uh, what I want us to, to, to delve into now is, by the way, to offer the bishop the opportunity to, to share with us the text that he was referring to where God names the places. And then we talk about these places. You, you see, as you pass by many communities, uh, where there are names very interesting names and when I say very interesting it, it has names like miracle or anointing or <laughs> and and so forth devil, and, devil or crush <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm using these examples because South Africa has been bedeviled and I'm using the phrase bedeviled by communities that have been objectionable in their conduct in our country and these are the communities that have uh, these names these very interesting names so let's before we even get there Bishop you wanted to share some texts with us what what is beautiful actually on the biblical text and but you are, you are dragging me away into a into a profession and a career which um, which uh, in my own world is becoming interesting but for the purposes of the show i think we can dig in a bit into that interesting to note that throughout the biblical text quickly if you can just on your phones those of you can phone you can just check the bible says or what the bible says you shall name the place or god names places and stuff like that you will find two things constantly happening happening one when divinity meets humanity and an experience is 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 is, 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 is there once twice three four times then you hear god says your name is changing we shall move it from abram to Abraham, Abraham yeah. you're not going to be Jacob. You're now going to be Israel. Israel you're going to be yeah. finding that. And yeah. as we, as people are having an experience with God, they acclaim, "I'll call this place." And in some certain passages here, like from Deuteronomy twelve five, you can go to Matthew one twenty one, Second Samuel two seven. Let, 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 whole, let, 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 uh, what what is said in those texts? Uh, uh, you let's pick up Deuteronomy twelve five. Instead, you must seek the place uh, that the Lord your God will. Um, well, uh, let me just go to get there quickly. In this, because uh. okay, let me read it for you. This is Deuteronomy chapter 20, 20, chapter 12, 12, 12, five, verse, 12 five. Five. verse 5. In my version, reads Instead, you must turn to the place Yahweh your God chooses from all your tribes to put his name for his dwelling and go there. So, who names the place? And who's, by whose name is that place named? So you will find a place and he himself. Well, as, 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 far, as far as this place is concerned, God doesn't name it. He simply chooses a place. simply says, Which, go to that corner. And follow, tell it us. will be called by his name. 
So you begin to now, if you had to do a good reference, before even future references, yeah. Now you can go back to the twelve names of Yah, yeah, or the I mean dozens of of them, Nisi, Yahweh, El Shaddai, and etc. And see of all the names, how many of them have those prefixes and suffixes. Surely, surely your your like hermeneutic Beth L actually has L in it. I understand, I understand, Bishop. What I'm, what I'm trying to follow is your hermeneutics uh, teaches you that uh, when it says it shall be named, it, it, it is not just uh, the places that we know that are named after God. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are not just na- it is even the people. These are the people of God or the dishes that belong to God. Everything that is of God is not necessarily named so, but it is belonging to. So it, if it has the name of God. It has a stamp of God Samplines with a day Which is your Shabbat Let me, let me give you a good theology actually That will make yes. you smile Yeah go ahead it, it says I don't dwell in houses Yeah That are made by men Yeah I dwell in houses that I make myself Okay That's, that's Yah speaking Okay So by by Yah Naming a person He has actually named the venue Because real worship doesn't happen in a building Which is made by men It happens in a building That Yah has created So the, even the very naming of a person Is a naming of a geography because wherever you are, you carry the ecclesia, you carry the church with you, you, you carry the synagogue with you wherever you go. Now the synagogue stops, a church stops being there, corner, west street, a geography, end, yes. but you yeah. being the presence, you become the venue. So we can even say so that, all the names, yeah. theologically speaking, yeah. all the names in the Bible where scripture names a person. You may think, you know, he's naming a person, he's not a person, but you miss the theology because the presence of the person sanctifies the place so therefore worship happens where the the noun of presence is a divine derogative that's a fair that's a fair uh, uh, you think I'm, I'm doing I, theology. I, I was just pulling your legs yeah, <laughs> I, I have no problem with that let's let's now talk about these these coming is this something that we should be objecting to rabbi a bishop when people name it uh naya miracle working church or ministry I'm just giving you an example because I don't have a ministry. People don't go around saying Naya has a ministry. I do not have a ministry. It's uh, longevity. An example. It's longevity. The, what will happen is after you're gone, what that, that name holds. And when people call that name, what what comes to mind? What 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 is it that they are reflecting on? What what does it attach them to? What value is in that name? And it is when it is the fact. It is a fact that people want to relieve the experiences of the patriarchs and etc. Through the naming of the places. And I would challenge that many of our ministries that have become uh, they have prefixes and suffixes of devils in them. I wonder if we are really much aware as to what are we saying when we name a place after our very enemy that we're fighting. Now, can you call a, a church venue a devil, what, 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 a devil crushing, what, what? Yeah. Is the, is, uh, don't you feel some dissonance in your head? It's not supposed to be a place of peace and growth, and now it turned into a battle, f- and the battle wars on, and etc. And Okay, mm. okay. So you, we can pick political names. Yeah. We can pick unthought through religious names. We think yeah. we're making a name like Futsak Satan. There's a whole, there was a whole thing <laughs> running, running around like Futsak Satan. And you want to, come on guys, man. <laughs> for, for all practical purposes, I mean, this becomes a... <laughs> Rabbi, <laughs> do we have anything stopping us from naming our places of worship by any 
any name whatsoever. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm listening to the objections by the bishop. I'd like to hear if you have any objections to people name choosing to name because right now, um, uh, a Waverly community of, 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 of Jews cannot say that they have they had an experience with uh, Yahweh in Waverly and therefore they chose to set up a, a shul there. It's purely pr- probably because for geographical purposes you want a closer place of worship. But uh, as far as other communities of who are yet to set up their own places of worship, would there be anything proscribing them from just choosing any name whatsoever, whatsoever, except for the geography, as would be the case with Waverly? Not that I'm aware of. I, 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 I don't think so. I think there's more, uh, it's, uh, there isn't, as far as I'm aware, there's no guidelines on calling uh, any place of worship by any particular name. Yeah. It, it's just, uh, there is, there is, I suppose, I, I know that I, for a short time, uh, opened up a, uh, a small community, and I had the prerogative of uh, choosing the name myself, and, you know, I didn't have to confer with any of the chief rabbi or, or anyone else. Um, I wanted to call it uh, uh, Adolam, which is until the world. Okay. But that, that flows from a a tradition and a custom that is very much part of the Jewish people. I don't think I can... Nothing comes to mind of any place, Jewish place of worship that has the name of a of a saint, yeah. a Jewish saint, or you know, of, of a person attached to it. Okay. <laughs> right. And, and so it's fascinating, uh, just in, contra- in contrast to the bishop, is that I think that I hear where he's coming from, and that uh, we're looking towards people who made people of distinction, but I think from a Jewish point of view, just to reiterate what I'm sharing with you, is that more, for us, more important than the individual is the impact and the benefit that's to be had to the world. But again, that would... That's a contribution. But, 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 Rabbi, that would not even apply in your community's sake, because we don't have any um, evidence that ever since you set up Waverly Shield, I'm just giving an example of Waverly Shield, because that's where you are, uh, there had been any events that would be life-changing in the Kilani, Santon, Melrose community, where you tell your surrounding areas. Uh, surely, uh, it's still aspirational, not practical or exemplified in any way. Whatever you may have desired has not come to fruition. Or has it, Rabbi? Um, no, I don't tell anybody, but I'm no longer the Rabbi of Waverly. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I was not speaking from that perspective, but you do go and worship there, do you, do you not? So this is, it, it, it's fascinating because this is basically what I try to share with the community. Okay. I try to share that, that, that we are there. Uh, in a, it's a beautiful building, and it's a, it's, it's a very special place. It's a, it's a landmark. It has a beautiful... Uh, Star of David, there that one can see from the highway. It's, it needs to be a place of distinction and of contribution. And I, I, I you know, I, I, I did try and enjoin them to what are we doing for Kilani? What are we doing for the park that's across the road? Yeah. Are we ensuring that it's kept pollution free? Are we ensuring that the, the lawn is mowed? Are we ensuring that people can uh, take a stroll in it and that they can rest their, their, their tiredness during lunch hour? We have to take responsibility for the place. It has to be the shul of Waverley, and we're proud of it. That was my mandate. Uh, I, I don't know how successful I was, and now I'm still looking for a 
place to set up as uh, Adolam until the world. Okay. But nevertheless, that is the sentiment that I think that a shul represents. Okay. So, uh, to both of you, gentlemen, I'm going to give you an opportunity now to, to just reflect now. Uh, first of all, any and everyone who has objections, uh, for example, the bishop here with me in the studio, uh, does not have a scriptural objection. Objection. His objections are purely political and uh, cultural. They they are not necessarily scriptural. And if that would be the case, then uh, any and everyone can set up his place of worship and call it Eludzidzini for that matter. Uh, would that be correct, uh, Bishop? That the, you, the There is no scriptural the, objection yes. to people naming their, their places of worship in any way they so choose, including Eludzidzini for that as, matter. As far as I, as, as far as I, 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 I know, and uh, I've read the text itself, even as early as the, the Genesis, the, one of the first assignments that Adam was given was to name animals. The, the animals. Yes. And um, with the naming of animals, you come to chapter 11 or so, Nimrod, Kush, builds cities, and he names those cities after himself and after his gods, after his uh, own conquest and etc. You, re- you read through history. The, the whole idea of naming something has to do with ownership and the community must identify with what has been named. The, hence, I find even the naming of the Victoria Falls to be quite, quite, quite uh, a pollution because we already know this place is Mosia Tunya, the thunder, the smoke that thunders. The smoke that thunders, And yes. someone discovers the falls for us. Yeah. Because there are no people there and then they call it Victoria Falls and then some money must be paid by Britain to keep the name there because the Queen and Victoria will feel that will turn in a grave if we discover the name has been removed from the so for me we, we may want to downplay the political uh, word in the religious space but then you must know that one is calling the shots the other one is just following but if we should move this around and uh, allow the religious uh, spiritual word to go forth you might find that we might have small sanitized names for example i mean in all cultures that we have in religion christianity comes and finds a culture that is already functioning. How do we put those bridges so that we can begin to have a, 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 coherent, a coherent relationship without yeah. necessarily being insultive or being abusive in terms of our languages or becoming politically incorrect? I, I agree with you. I totally agree with your thinking. But as far as scripture is concerned, there is nothing that would inform what you just said right now. The scriptures that are, we find in, 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 on, on text is that when Christianity got there, it assumed the names of the places that indeed, were there. Indeed. So we, we have not found Christianity getting to a place and the place had no name. And then you have to name the place. So yeah. there's no precedence either. Yeah. Yeah. So in that pretext, therefore, you, we would go with the flaw that says wherever, whatever, whatever geography yeah. you find yourself, adopt to it. But if you want... Including Fervut, including Futek Satas. Yes, but again, because this is a religious space, this is, yeah. a, this is a spiritual space, the question yeah. is what sort of sentiments, what sort of spiritual connection yeah. do you want people to have with Futek? Okay. Yeah. So when <laughs> someone is walking in front of your church and yeah. says Futek, then yeah. what, what is it? So basically what you're saying is think about what you're saying because you just must might, might be bringing it to life. You might be creating with your words. That's what you're saying. Yes. Right, uh, Bishop, uh, Rabbi, um, you got the last minute. Uh, as far as your scriptures are concerned, is there anything uh, uh, that you've been saying that would be based in scripture? Sure, as far as the scriptures are concerned, they don't stop anyone from naming any community for that matter, for whatever name. They could even use it for Zek Satan or the Devil's uh, uh, Destruction Church or Shul for that matter. That would be not be stopped by your scriptures, right? That is correct. Okay. That is correct. I agree with the bishop. And yes, it's up to mankind 
to be kind, man. Oh, and whether it's that. naming after, as I gather from the bishop, good people and good virtues and good qualities, or from a Jewish perspective, making the place a good place, yeah. that is the essence and that is what I think we all here to be. And religion, whichever religion is, any descendant of Abraham is here to make the place that we are found in to be better, to be kinder, to make some kind of beneficent contribution. That's what I think let, our schools and our churches should, should Let do. me steal from your words, Rabbi, and conclude. Um, um, mankind, be kind, man. And the humankind. Amen. Be I, kind I, to the humankind. Yeah, yeah, yes. I oh, like that. When beautiful. you name whatever community of faith that you belong to, be kind. Don't mm. just name it anyhow. Be kind, human. And tell, tell, tell the rabbi, I need a chauffeur. Can I get your number, rabbi? I want to come buy a chauffeur there. <laughs> I have a chauffeur. <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, we'll do those exchanges from the rabbi uh, to the rabbi, David Nossel, the rabbi who is also a qualified medical doctor. Thank you very much to you, rabbi, for coming through and talking to us. We always appreciate your time. Bishop Joshua Maponga, a cultural activist, writer, fighter of spiritual colonialism. Bishop, thank you very much for coming through and talking to us. We always appreciate your insights. From me, Nayelu Pondwana and the team, have a wonderful evening and Godspeed.